Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Another week has gone by. This is dropping at, on a Tuesday. We like to think that that's when fresh music hits and when a fresh episode of our podcast drops. And today it's a special week because if you're listening to this the day it week. dropped, mm-hmm. it's September 11th, which I just realized that will be it's a 9/11 is always a, a tough day. So the reason I brought it up was we have our event on Thursday of this week. So if you haven't yet bought tickets, please, 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 if you're interested, go buy tickets because it's more expensive than the door. We are filling up pretty fast. So it's our building the bridge between school, learning, and mental health, another heavy topic that we're hoping to, to round out with a, a great panel discussion. Last week, we talked about the amazing moderator and panelists that we were going to have, and then we talked about our fourth annual silent auction. So we're hoping that the heavy topic... The drinks that you get with whatever <laughs> ticket that you purchase, the heavy appetizers, and, and obviously signed baseballs that we have from Angel Players, you know, Cheesecake Factory, gift certificates, Pacific Symphony um, tickets, if you've never been to a symphony or the, the Skirball Center, be a member for the day. Sale. Yeah, we have, we have some like improv so tickets. Many, yeah, just like night outs like yeah. that you can bid on. So we're hoping to round out that heaviness with a fun night out. And today we wanted to just kind of give a shout out to all the amazing sponsors. Oh, without them. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't be having this event. But first and foremost, the Inclusive Education Project obviously is is hosting this with. With Soloki and Brett, Fusion Academy, the Prentice School, and the Johnson Academy. But we have some other amazing sponsors that will be at the event. Either they'll have boots at the event or they'll be putting information in your swag bags. So you'll have an opportunity to get more information about our sponsors as well as as talk to people who will be there. So we have Behavior Frontiers, Bright Brain Learning, DBT Center of Orange County, Evolve Treatment Center, Gateway Learning, Hirozumi and No. I say that right? Mm-hmm. Jill and Palin, shout out to you guys who were on the pod. A little while back. They're estate planning attorneys. Richard Ross Associates. Family law attorney. And the YMCA of Orange County. Very so cool. that's our sponsors for now. We're, we're still tr- getting some trickling in, so yeah. we may even have more. So yeah. if, you know, if any of those organizations are, you know, you, hey, yeah, yeah, I'd like to learn more about them. Or if you are a competing organization, not just kidding. <laughs> if you're another organization in that field and you want to be able to network with some of these organizations and you want to be a sponsor too, or if you just want to come to the event and have an opportunity to speak. Um, if you work, if you're a teacher, administrator, if you work for a school and you're interested in learning more about the providers that are outside of the school that might be able to supplement or just to be a referral service for students that you're dealing with. It's a great opportunity to network with them and get some more information about the just variety of services that are available um, for our kiddos and our families in Orange County. And a lot lot of these organizations also have uh, 
ones in LA and um, like some of the schools they have they have multiple. So it's not just Orange County based. It's right. like Southern California for the most like part and multiple locations. Yeah, and, and service not maybe not even just California. They could be servicing other states as well, but. We, you know, we're hoping that with the panel discussion, you kind of learn a little bit with the vendors that do have a booth or with the sponsors, I shouldn't say vendors, the sponsors that have stuff in their swag bag. Like, we just want this to be a really comprehensive night in which you, you can take something away with you physically, obviously, swag bag and with all that information and, you know, mentally and emotionally with discussions. So um, you can still buy tickets. Um, before you get them at the door, you just need to visit www.b as in boy, it.ly forward slash IEP panel for purchasing those tickets, those early, you know, those not early bird, but just before the event tickets because tickets will go up at the door. Um, so there's um, just a couple of the VIP tickets we had to obviously limit those. Because um, everybody, well, everybody wants to be a very important person, but that's the point of having very important people is that you limit them. And obviously, <laughs> we want there to be a great discussion between any of the VIPs and the panelists. So that's something that we had to limit. So I think there's still a couple tickets left for you to purchase, and then there are still tickets left for the general admission. So you get your drink ticket through the door. You are able to get heavy appetizers and just a fun night out. So... We're, we've been running around like chickens without our heads, so we're, yes. we're really excited. And, and again, we couldn't have done it without our, our main sponsors, the Fusion Academy, Kathy Johnson from the Johnson Academy, and Devin from The Prentice. And shout out to Camille and Lauren, too, from Fusion. I decided to start naming them. So um, I <laughs> They've been an amazing out. help yeah, to not seven. only fund this event, but orchestrate the planning, because... As you'll see on Thursday, if you're able to make it, a lot goes into planning events like this, and we couldn't do it without them, so we yeah. appreciate it. The Chuck Jones Center for Creativity, if you haven't been there, um, obviously Chuck Jones behind you know Bugs Bunny, things like that, so they always have just a really cool vibe, and we are so appreciative that we were able to kind of get that venue yeah. um, on that night, so it, it'll be a fun time. To kind of get into some stuff, this may seem like old news, but you know we've been kind of watching it. There was an article at the end of July, early August, regarding uh, Colorado school districts closing a day. So they moved to a four-day school schedule. Now, before you say, well, Vicki, you know, there's some European schools and, like, they do a four-day school week and it's, like, super beneficial. Like, that's probably cool and that, that probably happens and that's awesome. If that were the reason for why Colorado did this, and unfortunately, that is not the reason why Colorado decided to go to a four-day school schedule. They actually had to do it for budgetary reasons. So it's unfortunate <laughs> because that affects not just the students. Right. They, they are adding, I think, 40 minutes to the actual school day. So it's going to be a little bit of a longer day um, for those four days. But it's saving them a million dollars. So and they don't have enough in their budget to okay, keep open. So here's my question about mm-hmm. that. They're saying they're saving money by not having an additional day, but they're adding time to the other days. Right. That may equate to that day. So is it they're like 
they're trying to pay their teachers less for only having so, four days, but then they're having a longer day. That so seems it's like, like Mondays, no school, right? And that way they only need to pay for school buses and substitute teachers for four days out of the week. And what their kind of reasoning was is that, you know, if there's a lot, bus and travel gets expensive when the kids are in rural rural parts, right? Mm-hmm. And the thought process is, okay, well, we'll get them there. We'll extend it by 40 minutes. And I'm sure they deal with like, it's like snow days and stuff. So like, Sometimes that stuff happens, but it's... Well, were we talking about how school districts are now trying to take away... Were we talking about this? Get away from snow days and they're... Maybe I just read an article about this. I feel like we have talked about that. Trying to get away from school days and they're trying to assign like online work instead of school days. Yeah, and I mean, they mentioned that in, in the article as well. They're trying to figure out other ways to save money and... They have been talking about, you know, we've been able to put a counselor in every elementary school and roll out our one-two web program, which puts a Chromebook in the hands of every middle school and high school student. So it's not like the superintendent is, it's with a heavy heart that I'm sure that he's going from the, well, we always used to do it this way. And we want to keep a close eye on it because like I mentioned before, yeah, there are some different countries that have a different way. I know my mom's from Ecuador and I remember like, being out like late and and seeing like just groups of like school kids like in uniforms and stuff and I'm like mom like why are these kids just rolling around like all day every day and she's like oh there's like a two-part like day like Mm. they're going to school full-time because they have work in the morning or whatnot and then they go to school like at night yeah and so like that's a very interesting kind of way of like I was like oh my gosh that's so crazy (laughs) well we've also talked about how like there's a difference between quality and quantity Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not just of learning but also of productive work um i think this is something that companies talk about more companies like google these big corporations and like something that we try to have in our businesses as well of that idea that there can be flexibility in work times because the times that you're productive may not be the times that i'm productive you might have five hours of good productive work And if you're forced to be there for eight, the other three hours are a waste of time, right? Right. We've talked about this, like when we were in law school, we had students that would be in the library for 10 to 12 hours straight. But they weren't doing 10 to 12 hours worth of work. They were doing maybe, you know, actually four hours because Mm -hmm. they had so many breaks because your brain can't function for that long, right? And so we, right, like I would go there for like four hours, get like, but focus the entire time and get the same amount of work done sometimes. And so... Everybody has their ways of learning, but also I think what other countries are teaching us is there are other ways to do it. That six hours a day or eight hours a day, Monday through Friday, isn't necessarily, especially when you consider uh, kids who have IEPs a lot of times have therapies after school. Other kids might have extracurricular activities. So their days tend to be very long. And so maybe they're not retaining as much in that full day. So maybe a four day isn't actually bad. Maybe getting them to recharge their batteries over a three-day weekend every weekend might be better. Right, and I mean, that's why we wanted to, to discuss this. We, we have another article that we're going to discuss, but I just, I wanted to kind of point out, it, like I said, it's a school district. It's not the state of Colorado. It's District 27J, and it's located right outside of Denver, and they service about 18,000 students. And they had come to this decision because of their operating budget, but also because you had brought up, you know, oh, are they going to try to pay their teachers more? And and it was something where, yeah, 15% of their teachers 
over the last like 15 years, they've lost so many of them because mm-hmm. they can go to a neighboring district and make $10,000 more. Oh, and so then, you know, and that's just a neighboring district. Like they don't have to move out of state or anything like that. And if you guys remember, actually, in April of this year, uh, thousands of teachers in Colorado had actually walked out of their classroom in protest Mm -hmm. of low wages and low school funding. And that was happening a lot. We kind of saw that movie. We didn't really follow because there was just so many different teachers that were doing it, which is great because they have their unions and, and... they need to stand up for what they feel. Because it wasn't just like wages. It was like, well, school funding is low as right. well. Which actually kind of brings us to the second article that we're talking about. And Amanda actually didn't get a chance to read this article. But I'm going to tell her. And we will walk through the stages. You're going to have to describe <laughs> know, my face as you talk about it. I know. It's considering a plan. But um, the education, uh, are obviously the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, who we've talked about multiple times. My favorite is, person. Yeah is considering a plan, and it lets states use federal funds to purchase guns for schools. Amanda is, like, shaking her head. So... <laughs> Pursing is, her lips. <laughs> so... Because okay. there's... Cause there's okay. Remember, okay. remember what she said, that there's... Remember when you first started talking about guns in schools? Because there might be bears. <laughs> um, no. This infuriates me. Like, to say that there are things like... Because remember, she tried to make the argument that there were bears. Oh, Remember? yes, 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 yeah. I then wanted to do a whole article. That just happened, yeah, early, early but then, August or late. And then June, now, July, like, yeah. we're, so we're going to we're gonna take money that we're saying these schools, so and if, we're going to put it towards guns? Yeah, so, if, like, you remember, we had actually talked about um, Trump establishing, like, a school safety commission. That was in March. I think we talked about it end of March, early April. Yeah. And it was, like, to study recommendations and, you know, like, what are we doing and... And she had said she wouldn't, like, look into the role of firearms. Like, what what is the role of firearms in gun violence at schools? Like, so she said, I don't want to look into that. Wait, wait, wait. What is the role of firearms in... In gun violence in schools. So, like, The role is that if the they, guns weren't there, right. there wouldn't be But if be she a did shooting. do that research, then this wouldn't make sense, right, of, of oh, getting yeah, yeah, yeah. the ability to purchase guns. So, okay. basically, there's a, there's a student support and academic enrichment grant program. And it doesn't specifically prohibit weapons being purchased, right? And, and this is um, sources from, like, the New York Times within this Hill Capital article that, that I'm referencing. And so, basically, that is $1 billion of student support. And it's intended to fund, and it has for the longest time funded, the poorest schools. And those funds typically go to improving educational curriculum, school conditions, technology. Right. Right. So it's just like, okay, like we're funding this money to those poorer schools so that they can try to improve uh, in these certain so areas. So she wants to take that money and use it to purchase So guns. under school conditions or like the guise of improving school conditions, she would like to allow districts to be like, I want to use this money to purchase guns. So we have schools that classrooms on 100 degree weather days have no air conditioning and our kids are literally hospitalized for heat stroke. And that's not a condition that needs to be addressed, but purchasing guns is? That is absurd. I know. And it's like, we should be looking at evaluating policies, how they relate to school safety, maybe encouraging an increase in like mental health counseling, 
dropout is always in in different states. You know, it's a, they're affected differently. Right. The dropout rates and the school to prison pipeline. You know, these factors. You know, that money I think could better service. I don't know how purchasing guns has anything to do with that as a school condition. And so I'm wrapping my head. I know, and and so obviously. We've had a long kids are dying on buses because there's no support on buses. They're getting left in there in 100 degree heat or they're getting put in harnesses that choke them to death. That is a school condition. That is a condition that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And I mean, earlier in the year, Congress did pass like a school safety bill and it was supposed to create a new grant program to help educate students and teachers about warning signs for gun violence. And I think. Parkland, the Parkland kids, you know, even the Texas shootings, you know, it's been at the forefront of our minds. And I think that that's where Congress was like coming from. But I haven't really heard of how that education is being pushed forward. I'm just seeing these headlines of, of DeVos and wanting to put guns in yeah. schools. And like, because the answer to idea. too many guns is more guns. <laughs> yes. Well, how do you stop a bad guy with a gun, a good guy with a gun? Well, that's what the NRA would like us to believe. The propaganda and the rhetoric that is being used. But I think, you know, have always talked about is is the mental health issues, right? And being able to address that. And and by the time that you get to high school, I know we've seen even reports is as young as I think it was like a seventh or eighth grader just a couple months ago. A teacher had kind of disarmed him. He had had a gun. Um, That teacher had prevented it. And, you know, because I was going to say, oh, we've seen this trend in high schools. Obviously, Sandy Hook was an individual coming to an elementary school. And I hope and pray that we never see elementary school. And not to say that it hasn't happened. I'm sure that it has. Obviously, what's been at the forefront of our minds, even coming up in October to the uh, Las Vegas shootings. Mm-hmm. I mean, this last year and last couple of years, I mean, the amount, it, it's just like, this is the worst, you know, shooting in American history. You know, 50 people died, 60 people. We keep like, hearing we just that keep phrase hearing and it. we shouldn't keep hearing right, that phrase. Right. And I think with education, you know, trying to focus on an improving the curriculum and school conditions and technology, those are great. And mental health, but I just don't see how her even considering this is useful to the rhetoric. Yeah, do you know how much money the United States Department of Education is probably spending for her to consider this? Because it's not right. her doing any work. Right. It's not her picking up a finger. It's probably her having a ton of staff mm-hmm. spend a ton of their time mm-hmm. rather than taking the research that we have had for years about why our kids can't read and try to figure out better interventions on how to reestablish the budgets that are already there to ensure that these kids are learning to read. We're spending so much money her to consider something that we already know is the most absurd right. idea. And like the House Education Committee, like 17 of the members actually wrote a letter in June and they were like, can you please, like basically demanding an explanation. They're like, can you please like tell us why we would not focus on gun violence? Like... So, like, let's say if she's considering this plan, I want states to be able to decide to purchase guns for their schools. And God knows how they would even just the break. I don't even know. Okay. You have to get a gun permit with your teaching credential? But should we not look at how gun violence plays a role in, like, school? Like, 
I just think you would have to do the two. But for her to ignore right. one and then right. do the other, right. that's the logic and that's the flaw, like, in my... If I'm just being very, like, if I have no opinion, I'm just looking... You've had time to resonate you know, with this opinion. versus me. Right. I'm on fire. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, like, but really, like, put your lawyer hat on, yeah. right? And it's yeah. just, like, if you are actually considering this, how do you not consider gun violence and the role it plays? Well, I don't know how you already leap to looking at a solution before you've even looked at the problem. Right. right. I think that's the like, biggest, it needs to be yeah. considering how gun violence affects schools mm-hmm. should be number one. Mm-hmm. And then if it leads us to, maybe we need to protect ourselves more. And then that's the conclusion you draw, which I don't see how that would be the conclusion, right. but let's just say, yeah, then, okay, consider this, right. but that's not even where we're going. We already know that like gun violence actually, I mean, more guns does not help. Other countries have proven that to right, us. Right, right, right. And so that's what, like, when you're when you're sitting here and you're looking at a district in Colorado that is like, oh, we have to close a day because we can't afford it. And, like, they are providing, like, daycare. Because, like, that obviously impacts a lot of parents who work full-time and school is a form of daycare right, that they use. Right. They are going to, like, charge $30 a student. So, I mean, who knows how that funding, like, is that just covering their costs? Are they making a little bit more? Like, how are we to help the, and, you know, you think it's right outside of Denver. Like, how are they so low? Like, but there's only 18,000 students. It's probably super rural in certain parts. And so that's why, like, traveling costs. So I just wanted the dichotomy of just like, oh, look at what this school district is forced to do. And then we have all this money. This is what's going to happen. You know, uh, McDonald's and certain fast food restaurants are, like, taking their, the employees that would normally take your order and oh, putting oh, oh. those like iPads instead yeah, yeah. and how people say uh, robots are going to start taking their jobs. Right. So now basically what Betsy DeVos is saying is that take a salary for a teacher and right. place it with a gun. Right. Not a teacher with a gun. We're just going to put an automatic gun. We're going to put a robot with a gun. And that's, that's going to be the, is that, is that what's going to happen? Like to me, that's logically what flows from this, horrendous idea and i just i don't understand like we talk about needing to make changes in our education system and like you are the highest person up in our education system and this is what you're focusing your time on not failing students not high dropout rates Mm -hmm. not the mental health epidemic Mm -hmm. i was just telling actually our trainer was just telling me the other day Mm -hmm. that he found out that in the first two weeks of school in Rancho Cucamonga, there were four suicides. Whoa. Four. Within two weeks. Jeez. Why are we not talking about that? Why are we not figuring out why? And I think one of them was like a seven-year-old. Why is this that happening? Is so. So these are the things that I'd like our education department to focus on. And Betsy, right. my girl, you're listening. Please, oh, please, please do some research. Just come on. I mean, look, you have an open invitation. Anytime you want to come to California and come to our small little studio in Garden Grove, I will welcome you. I will bring you some nice California tap water. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so if if you miss this, it kind of goes under the radar, obviously. But that's why we're here. We, We kind of are able to read this stuff for you and kind of discuss it. Obviously, again, get amped up. Food for food for thought and just kind of seeing, you know, what other states are doing in so far as dealing with, you know, budgets and stuff like that. And 
It's also one of those things where at first it's shocking. We kind of went through like, okay, we'll see. We'll definitely try to monitor. I hope somebody's doing some sort of research in Colorado on this particular district to see, you know, if that is. Well, I mean, maybe it has a positive yeah, effect. Maybe, I mean, I, I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah, I would love to see, love to see, see too. Um, or, I mean, I wonder if any other school districts have done anything like this. Right. If you're listening and you're in yeah. a school district that might have implemented something like this in recent and years, we know, like, some let us know. Have, like a mod, uh, modified day and things like that. We, we typically see that in high schools. Yeah. Though. Or the block late schedules, start days. late start, early start, you know, and I, we get there's certain teacher days, you know, staff, only, development, staff development days, days whatnot. Yeah, but we're, we're talking about something super consistent. Um, yeah, and if you have any information, just shoot us a message. And if you already aren't on our Facebook group, you can type in inclusive ed- or IEP podcasts or you could go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash IEP podcast. So there's two P's in there, people. Okay, it's IEP and then the word podcast. We've been getting a lot of great conversations starting. Mm -hmm. I think um, it's a safe place for a lot of parents and and other people to discuss their experiences. That is what it is about. And if you are in the same district and you have a different experience, that is okay. But you cannot take away somebody's experience because they experienced it. Not that we've had any issues, but I think that sometimes people forget. Yes, Amanda and I are attorneys in the area of special education law. And we try to just talk in general about the experiences that we have had You know, there are attorneys out there that have been doing special education longer than us and some that have been doing it for a shorter amount of time than us. And they may have a different opinion from us on certain issues or all issues. And that's the thing with attorneys. No two family law attorneys could agree on the same course of action Mm -hmm. for a case. They might in some instances, but, you know, reasonable minds can differ. Um, That's why we often say it depends. It depends. And we're (laughs) attorneys. We're not your attorneys. Um, Those have been phrases that we have come very accustomed to talking about. But yeah, we, you know, food for thought, as always. We, again, just hope that you guys take everything that we say with a grain of salt. But if you ever have any further questions, you know, please just reach out. We get some great educators from different states asking for tips and tricks like, oh, well, where do you get you know, ideas for mm-hmm. IEP goals. And, you know, there's so much information out there and and you take it with a grain of salt. You know, there's a yeah. bunch of stuff on Pinterest. for Or, instance. you know what, if you don't agree with something that we're saying, please let us know. Oh, yeah, I mean, oftentimes, I mean, you've heard Vicky and I disagree on certain things, but okay. for the most, all the time. But we also agree on a lot oh, yeah. of things. And so a lot of times our topics are geared towards what we feel and what our opinions are. So, but we're very open to hearing from other people. If you have an experience that's different or you have a different perspective, we really would like to share it because that is the point of the group and the pod to really change that conversation. We're not trying to be one-sided here. We really would love the feedback. So just let us know. Yeah, let us know. And again, hoping you guys, we see you on Thursday at our little event that we're going to have, our little panel discussion, our fourth annual silent auction. It's going to be a fun time. I know it's a heavy topic. I know I keep saying that, but I think it's an important topic. And I think that all the panelists are going to do an amazing job kind of giving their impressions, you know, things that you can look out for. And, you know, if you don't have a child, the children that are in your life, you can be just as an important part of their lives as, Mm -hmm. as their parents. So, 
Hopefully you guys make it. We'll have a drink. We'll bid on some silent auction stuff. I mean, I, I know I'm kind of saving this to the end, but we got some sweet trips. We haven't even talked Woo! about antique. We haven't. Oh, we haven't antique. talked about, I mean, there are some nice, I don't want to give them all that. I'm just going to give you that one. Um, but we have some amazing, uh, this amazing donation to uh, Panama. Well, I'll just, I don't, I just. I mean, you're just we, we were talking about them. But, you know, you can stay for seven days and it's it's a beautiful, like, all in, oh, that's what it was. All, all inclusive. inclusive I was resorts. trying to think of the name. Yeah. All inclusive resorts. And so we have had, thankfully, this donation in the past and we've had some great feedback from people that have purchased it. So come on out, try to have a good evening, meet us. If you're VIP, you'll get a chance to meet the panelists. You'll definitely be able to, with your general admission, meet all of the wonderful sponsors. Yes. You'll get a swag bag. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we hope that we see you guys. Yeah. And in the meantime, have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.